Christmas Eve. Stewart's got some explosive remotes, Grant. Grant's boys are gonna kill Vince and get it from him. They're gonna get the same damn plane and take off with him. Get the hell out of here. Washington, D.C. International Airport. A suit. Arrogant psychopath. The towers lost control. There's panic in the air. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. And terror on the ground. We don't need any Monday morning quarterbacks. Hey, forget Monday morning. My wife saw one of those damn planes these guys are fooling with. That puts me on the playing field. And if you'd have moved your fat feet when I told you to, we wouldn't be hip deep in snow right now. Right? But for police officer John McClane, it's just another Christmas. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. All right, hey everybody, welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. And we're here with our guest, Riley Morris. hey So, uh, Riley Morris, uh, th- this is Manny, by the way, along with... Matt, I already said that. Yeah, normally, you, you kind of mess up our thing. That's oh, me. how did I mess the, it up? Welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt, and Wait, I'm Manny. Are you like, in Sequelitis? Like I am in Sequelitis, You're in yeah. Sequelitis? Why didn't you introduce yourself? I think I thought I did. You really well, should. I mean, I, I guess I, 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 guess I messed it, it up. It's too late. Uh, I don't want to tell you how to do your job or anything. No, it's screwed up. Introduce yourself. It's screwed up. I, I could have sworn I did. Rewind the tape. All right, so we're already, we already got this thing rolling. Uh, we got Riley here. Uh, Riley's a friend of mine from uh, originally from uh, Fort Worth, Texas, or from Funky Texas. Town. That's right. Yeah, Funky Town. We're all from Texas. Um, yeah, we're all from Texas. Which Good is... old Tex-Pat party. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're all. Uh, it took me a second. It's the weirdest thing in LA. Tex-Pats always find each other. Mm-hmm. It's like the most. It's it's yeah. a really bizarre. Well, because we didn't. This is my theory. We didn't fit in what in Texas. Fuck? That's why we left, and we don't fit in here. So we find each other. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, so right now we, we, I'm sorry Bruce Willis just catapulted himself from an airplane we're talking about with die- 3D motion I'm like I needed the 3D specs <laughs> shitty composite shot but yeah so we're watching uh, we're watching Die Hard 3 2 uh, or Die Hard 2 god we wish we're, we're all Hard mixed 3. up on the numbers way too much like snow for it to be Die Hard 3 <laughs> well the first two are Christmas and then they lost that theme yeah, um, yeah. This is the one like, where they. This is the worst one. Everyone agrees, except for five. One, well, the first one is the best. I was describing it to my friend earlier. Yeah. Today. I say the Die Hard is is the perfect Christmas movie for people who fucking hate Christmas. Yes, that's yes. all it is. Yeah, that was all it is. Last Christmas, I went down to Vegas uh, specifically to watch uh, Die Hard. Hate Christmas with, with my cousin and his wife, <laughs> and like that was the thing. Is, is I feel like I, I said that, but I feel like someone definitely said it's the perfect Christmas movie for people that fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> John McClane is here, <laughs> so shoot the motherfucking glass. Shoot the glass. Shoot. Eisen die Fichte. Shoot the glass. He's not a hostage. <laughs> Motherfucker's barefoot. That's the problem with Die Hard. Yeah, he's got shoes in this whole movie. That's the whole problem. I think, with this so one. that's the thing that we're that we're discussing in this movie is that they basically took the format of Die Hard, right, and copied it. Almost verbatim. Well, to make Die, Die Hard, Hard created the whole genre of like even today what action movies are like the whole like let me fight all the little henchmen all the way up to the boss man like Die Hard as far as I understand invented that. It yeah, Die no, Hard it, is it, a it, video it definitely game didn't invent it. it. It rebooted it. Well, it, it, yeah, yeah it, it more it, commercialized. Yeah, it revitalized it. Was faster, it. more yeah. ridiculous. Like yeah. the dramatic interpretations were Sergio Leone with. A fistful hey, of dollars and mm, right. uh, yeah, but then yeah, so then point. it came back and you have the crossover between. But it's like the modern action movie, though. Um, yes, yeah. and it and it really like they capitalized on the the summer blockbuster thing. 
Like everybody else was trying to make like Die Hard on a boat, Die Hard on a plane, and well, then the, Die Hard Two was sitting there saying like, "Well, what do we do?" You know, Die Hard in an airport. <laughs> in an airport. <laughs> that was the entire Airports movie. are hell. <laughs> and like, here's the thing: is like I said this earlier, and it was funny the response that you guys had to it. What Die Hard Two should have been was John McClane is on an airplane around Christmas time, and the plane gets hijacked. And so John McClane is the John one McClane person. gets sworn in as President Harrison Ford. <laughs> Always and, bet on black. And, and Rachel McAdams <laughs> is taking a red eye on an alternate flight. And then, the thing, and then like, at the last second, Liam Neeson shows up and saves the fucking day. Like that should have been that, the movie. I agree. It would have been a better version of Die Hard Two and a better version of of things like Passenger Fifty Seven. Well, although Passenger Fifty Seven, a lot of people like love that movie. I, I used to but, love it. I got a little too old for it, but like when it first came out, I loved it. Uh, so the, Always bet on black. The problem that was from that, was from that movie. <laughs> so See, but Passenger Fifty Seven could have been the Die Hard Two for the black community. It was, and you would just have Die Hard Two for the white people, which is no, it's Passenger Fifty Seven, but with John McClane. No comment. If you guys are gonna keep talking about the movies that should have been for black people, I'm just gonna I'm gonna not, not talk. <laughs> I didn't anymore. say that. I didn't say that. Uh, I would do a full stop no. on that whole train of thought. Yeah, so before we get like too deep into like repitching, Die Hard's great because it's it's this he is he is locked in a place. He's barefoot. He has right. no support system. Right. Zero support system. Yeah. And yeah. he's surrounded by occasionally incompetent police work. Yeah. Versus this one is surrounded by incompetent police work. Well, that's what he I'm has saying. shoes. Yeah, one of the things I was saying earlier is that... And there's no glass breaking anywhere. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Good question. Because you signed on the dotted line, John McClane. Because we wrote it that way. No, and because these movies, like, like the the whole way that these movies work is it has to be, like, John McClane up against this this rogue terrorist force, but also John McClane versus incompetent police forces. Like, none of these things would happen in these movies if there were competent police forces... That are just like, all right, here's a situation. This is how we respond to that situation in order to minimize the threat. Well, they, they want their lives. they want their cake and to eat it too because they want him to be a cop, but they well, don't want him to be like the right cop in the right place, like, like doing his job. What if there was a police well, force that was full of John McClane's? Like there would be no crime. <laughs> it would be like Last Action Hero. That was that was sort of a spoof on that universe. Or those or those solo missions on Command and Conquer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, so the first one was great. Like, so here's a quick study on the first one, right? So they originally wanted this low budget, one location thing, mm-hmm. and they tried to get Schwarzenegger. Right. Schwarzenegger didn't do it. He asked for too much money, and so then they're like, "Fuck it, we can't get Schwarzenegger." I want a million dollars. Let's go with a couple unknowns. So they went with this, you know, this dude from New York named Bruce Willis. Yeah, that not a lot of from people. He was in Moonlighting. Yet. Yeah, but yeah. he hadn't blown up yet. Yeah. yeah, and then let's get this. Uh, let's get this British dude with a rad beard, Alan. Uh, Alan Rickman. Rickman. And then yeah. they fucking blew up because the movie was a low budget, uh, one location thing. Yeah. And so you have John constantly running up and down the same hallway, the same stairs, so it creates this sense of familiarity with the audience. So it's that every time you rewatch movie. the movie, you are connecting with it even more and more and more because you have the... Every time John McClane walks by the babes on the wall and says, hey, babes, yeah. and, you know, kisses them. Oh, it's you. That's right. Okay, cool. We don't have that connection here. There is no sort of familiarity. All the locations yeah. are changing. There's... Yeah. 
which is it just doesn't a work. Disservice both to the audience and to utilizing the talents of uh, Bruce Willis, because that's that's why that movie worked. If they would have gotten Arnold Schwarzenegger, if they would have gotten Sylvester Stallone, you know the the big action hey, stars. Uh... Yeah. I don't have any shoes on. <laughs> all those, all those scenes to where like now it's part of a Who drinking game. Sylvester Stallone, no? Sylvester. <laughs> I was like frat boy Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it's like the world's worst Sylvester Stallone. But but that's part of what like the charm and what works so well about that movie is. Pretty Bruce sure Sylvester Willis's, Stallone is the world's worst Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Bruce Willis's charisma and the fact that he could do he all works, these scenes where he's by himself. He works because, well as a trapped rat. Yeah, yeah. He works well, real well as a trapped rat. And and having having dialogue with himself mm-hmm. like he's a man talking to himself in the mirror but like people buy it and they love it because he's so likable in the movie and the and lighting it's a situation is sexy where, yeah mm-hmm. and and like one of the things that's really entertaining for me and the first Die Hard movie is just how like progressively filthy his wife beater gets oh. as the movie goes on and fun fact the cinematographer oh. for the first one was Jan DeBont who went on to do Speed as the director yes yeah, yeah. Bam. The first one's the first one's just it's good solid writing, uh, ticking time clock. You've got uh, a wife in the building, pregnant mothers. Occasionally, you get to see boobies. Uh, you have Alan Rickman being a German badass, I guess. Yeah, um, German. He's Hans Gruber, but I guess, oh, they established that he was raised in a British prep school, so he's got the yeah. British accent. But this one is just so it's so fucking scattered. And we were we were joking earlier when we were watching the first bit is that he's like. In the first one, he just falls into it, right? He's in a hotel room. Yeah. He's changing his clothes. He's had a fight with his argument. Everything's very real. Yeah. And then he just falls into this terrorist. Yeah, he thing. doesn't want to be there. He doesn't even want to be there. Yeah, and that's his whole thing. Is like he's the guy who doesn't want to be there, right. but he's there. But this one is he's in a plane and he he got sidetracked or some shit in an airport. Yeah, he's totally uninvolved. And then he and keeps he trying puts to himself he's into to pick it. Up his wife. And then he sh- he's shoehorning himself yeah. into the story, like, oh, there's some guys in a terminal. I'm gonna go shoot him. Like, okay, great. Well, I'll Forgive that. He's not shoehorning himself. It's the writers that are shoehorning him into it. It was the spider sense that got him started, right? Yeah. And he oh, would have been he fine. Just stabbed someone in the eye with an icicle. Yeah, we're also watching All it your, now. All of your so. Christmas story fears just came true. Yeah, we're commenting on it too while oh, we God. watch it. The icicle theory. I guess they don't have to worry about fingerprints. I don't think you would die that fast from getting stabbed in the eye with an icicle. Ask like, JFK. This is one of these movies where they really try to like define the henchmen and they try to make it all really make sense, but it makes less sense than ever. It's supposed to be all these like military guys. I guess they wanted... They, there wasn't a big surprise in the first one, so I guess they... Well, there kind of was a surprise when Hans Gruber realizes the wife is actually Holly McC- Holly McC- McC- McClure. Yeah, Holly McClane. McClane. Yeah. No, but she's Holly Gennaro. That's yeah, it. Gennaro, yes. yeah. Which is that's a genius Gennaro. thing, and when we're talking son about, of a bitch, when we're talking about, before you know, though, they'll be helping you take a leak. <laughs> even though I know it, it's one of the films that you really like, when we're talking about uh, Back to the Future Three, we're talking about how it was just diminishing returns. Wait, who likes it, original. me or no, Riley? No, no, Riley. I like so Back good. to the Future the Three fuck too. What's wrong with you guys? It's I like Three Two. Work of art. I like Three Two, man. It's Manny over here that hates it the most. No, you said that after watching it, like that's what you go back and listen to the commentary episode. Yeah, but I'm I'm free to change my mind, buddy. We're gonna go back and listen. I'm free to change my mind at any point. I think Three is better than Two. Are you free? (laughs) Be free to do what you want. Yeah, I'm free. Any old time. Yeah. 
Well, you're Manny, just a voice on a podcast that somebody's listening. But the to. way Manny it's watches every movie is like shitting on it. So how's he gonna like enjoy that is any not movie true at all? There's a lot of movies that I really love. <laughs> okay, great, Manny. <laughs> what do you love about this movie? Arrival. Uh, I, I even like Birdman, and a lot of people don't like. Birdman. Hey, I just saw I Birdman it. for the first time. I Which loved Arrival, it. Arrival though, the one with uh, uh, Arrival, Martin Sheen. Uh, Arrival is like it's a better Sheen. version. I never saw of, Arrival. If you if you took pretty if good. you took Contact and uh, Interstellar and combined them together and made it a better movie, two movies. I would never watch. Okay. Anyway, but so one got, of the things I was saying is like... It is the Charlie Sheen movie, though. You Robert, didn't answer his question. That one's, that one's it is the Charlie Sheen <laughs> movie. That's the problem with this better. movie is like... It, oh, it you're takes, talking about the new Arrival movie. Oh, my goodness. All right, so one of the things that I'm trying to say about <laughs> Die Hard 2... So Die Hard 2, right? <laughs> so sad, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a total sequelitis movie, and like it, it, it ignores so many of the things that worked so well in the first movie. Well, but they and, also... And it just thinks that like what people want to see is they want to see John McClane killing all the bad guys but then they have to put walter peck in there for no fucking reason and they've got and you have all these complications with airports yeah. and the whole security supply. and just to put him in a fucking airport yeah and then there's the the stewardess on the plane that's like oh would you like another drink it's like oh brother well, we got yeah. the whole subplot with with who Hollywood cares and, and, and walter peck um i forget what his character's name is Bringing those two characters back from the first movie. Peck, like, peck, 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 peck. <laughs> Help! There's a peck pointing an acorn at me. <laughs> but that's one of the things that's so so wonderful about the first movie is having that whole thing. Willow, you realize, took me a second. As the audience members, <laughs> as, as the audience member, like you realize you know something Forget that the main bird. characters Follow the river. Not know. You know, uh, I'm the greatest swordsman that ever lived. I'm the greatest. <laughs> Mad Mad again! Mad Mad again! That's a fucking great movie. <laughs> Hello, you idiot! Change that's a movie me that I fucking back. love! Um, peck, 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 peck. <laughs> Mad Mad again. I always knew you'd end up in a crow's nest. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've already kind of like introduced like my idea for how you make this movie better. Because here's the thing: is anybody that understands anything about aviation and how flight patterns oh, work, hold on. and what airports aviation. do in in terms of like any sort of emergency situation, it's, just, it's whether too it be big. Weather, terrorism, anything like that. It's too like, big. The fact that so much of the movie hinges on the fact that they've got all these planes circling around Dulles but Airport, you, which like it would be different if it was like an airport like in Montana, like Billings International, that is kind of like Dennis Franz, who famously showed his ass on NYPD Blue. And you got one plane flying around, and it's like, we don't have enough flu- fuel to fly to somewhere else and land. What are we going to do? Whereas, like, this is Dulles, and, like, Dulles is right next to BMI in Baltimore and freaking Reagan <laughs> International. So it's like, why would those planes be circling around when they could land at either of those two airports? Especially if they realize it's a bad situation. And when they get in touch with them later and they say, hey, look, there's a terrorist uh, situation going on right here. So, like, the premise of the movie, if you know anything, it just knocks it right out. Manny's favorite Christmas book he ever received was Airport Guides and How to Use Them. Yeah, I have nothing to say about airports. Like, there's a lot of, I don't, BMI, like, what airport is having, like, a bowel movement? Yeah, I'm not following, Manny. I guess the whole theory is that there's extra airports and they don't... Marshall and all of his, like, random bowel movements. They don't do a good enough job of, of explaining why... The problem is the where movie, are the airplanes routed to? The they don't explain too it big because here's here's the deal. It takes place on several airplanes all at once. So you've got to, mm-hmm. as an audience member, you have to juggle those. Then you're also dealing with bad guys in a church outside of the property of an airport. Then you're dealing with the airport itself, which is just one whole bag of cats. Yeah. And then you're dealing with airport uh, 
like security mm-hmm. and the tower, yeah. which is a whole nother bag of politics. Yeah. And then you're just throwing John McClane like a fucking ping pong ball in between them all. Yeah. Versus the original and there's no Die Hard. Whatsoever. There's no way. There's no fluctuation. Versus right. what works in Die Hard One and in Die Hard Three and in Die Hard Four is just him going with the flow and being led along either by its own intuition or it's by string on a cheese. A side, a side question. Work because it's just he's just kind of grabbing at straws. Question for Riley. Uh, I liked four too. Did you see five or did you like five? I watched five with my buddy Naaman. We we wonder crusted the whole movie in, yeah. the, in the fucking airport, like in the, in the movie theater. We gave up. We're ten minutes into the movie and we were wonder crusting the whole damn thing. Yeah, you could have told trailer. Grandpa uh, Grandpa McLean kept getting in the way. Grandpa's there. Grandpa McLean, oh, dude. Oh, he is Grandpa. He's Grandpa McLean. Got it. And every every. How did I miss that? Every step that goes wrong in that movie. I thought he was there with his dad. That'd be even funnier. Senile Grandpa McLean. Kept getting in the way of Jai Courtney trying to do John McClane's job. Dude, Jai Courtney is the so worst. He's so good at Jack Reacher, though. Yeah, but as the new one like, or the first one? The used to original. I don't remember a minute, but There's I did like that movie. They have an old school traditional fist fight in the rain. <laughs> where they throw the gun. They do the lethal weapon like man on man. Let's do this in the rain. <laughs> I, I liked Jack Reacher, on. but I only saw it once. But I did like it. Eat your finger. I think I think with this one, you got to think about like what Riley was saying. The first one, the third one, the fourth one. Like they weren't all carbon copies of the first movie. Like the first one was original in in its own kind of a way. You know, it was was re it was revitalizing that format. The third one did something totally different because they took a different script. The fourth one, the same thing. They took a different script from somewhere else and injected sun. Yeah, Tears of the Sun, and they injected that into the Die Hard series. This one just tries to be. A copy of Die Hard. It tries to be Die Hard in an airport. Yeah. Well, it tries to be like Die Hard on steroids. Well, they know that they knew. That, like they know that they knew. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned English today. Uh, they knew that they were gonna get Bruce Willis. And then they got uh, Roger Atherton. That's then, his name. Yeah, and then they got Holly Holly Gennaro slash McLean. Mm-hmm. It's a hyphenated name, right? Yeah. And then they got Powell, uh, Carl Winslow, right? So they had oh, all these I forgot about options that. That was to the be made available, like right away. Once they realized what a big success that they had, so they signed everybody on. And then it, I imagine it came with a situation where it was like, "Fuck, we have all these ridiculous characters that really don't belong outside of Nakatomi Plaza anymore." Yeah. yeah. So what's the point? How do we? So. If if it's just John McClane passing through, there's no they the fear was there would be no emotional constraint, an emotional like endeavor. Because if his wife wasn't on a plane, why would he want to get involved? Yeah. Despite the fact that he's not a piece of shit. Right. He's a genuine human who wants to do his job and save people. And right? he knows he's the best cop that ever existed. I think well duh. He and, knows that. But if they if they hadn't put his wife on the plane That's brutal. That was a good throat slash. Wow. Yeah, I remember that was one like that and and the way the movie ends. Like those are the two things I remember from watching this when I was a kid. That was a nice like, like he chewing gum afterwards. There, there's two things that they would do um, in in sequelitis during the 80s and 90s. One was they would just repeat the plot from the original movie, a la Ghostbusters 2. Um, even even like Back to the Future 2, Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah, but but Evil Dead Two was a remake was was essentially a remake. Yeah, of a and movie they that followed, was made on a micro micro budget. Yeah, and then it was made on a semi micro budget. Yeah, but, but they did do one thing in that, which is they said, "All right, let's let's make it less off. less brutal <laughs> and more comedic." 
And and they they kept a lot of the gore, but they played it. They they put a lot more Looney Tunes slapstick in it. Yeah. And that's why it's one of my favorite films of all this time. This one's just not as fun because every every time John McClane is in a scene, I'm like, well, why is he here? What is his purpose? I feel like this. He's constantly trying to force himself into this and it didn't even work like the scene where they so the guys like take out the power grid on the airport Mm -hmm. and the planes have to land and they trick them to say that the sea level's up 200 feet blah 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 and then john mcclain goes down there with like two sticks of fire and some paint thinner yeah and he tries to wave the plane down but then that didn't even work either and yeah. the plane still crashed. Like, so why like, is John McClane doing fucking everything by himself? That's one of the things that I said. And it wasn't working. Yeah. Like, it's just... It, it's just the biggest... Well, and then they're shoehorning Marvin it's in def- here. It's a deflate Marvin game. the janitor. <laughs> well, Marvin the janitor is he, a fair he's statement. He's a character from this movie, at least. He's a fair statement because it, it, the higher John McClane kept trying to go up to get help, everybody would ignore him. So he just, instead of... Fine. You won't let me go high, I'll go low. Down, yeah. So, fuck it. Here's a janitor that's going to help me. But imagine, like, if Marvin showed up in the third, fourth, and fifth movie, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> like, they he's just keep bringing him back. He's flying through Russia, and he's just like, Marvin! You're here, too? Marvin Nash. He's like, yeah, I got a blueprint of this place, too. No, in, in, in Die Hard 5, he's just like, huh, what? This is always <laughs> really like conf- you're to me? That was really confusing. What the? Yeah. Oh, he shot him with the blanks. It gets me every fucking time. Is that really a good idea? We're gonna be hip deep in snow right now. We're gonna hit be hip deep in <laughs> shit. God, that was a good fuck. <laughs> Wait, what was the other one that we saw? The where he's going out there to get the thumbprints from the from the from the the carcass oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, he said no uh, SOP from the DEA <laughs> on the DOA of the FAA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I think I threw an extra acronym in there. Yeah, he's like, there's a there's a new SOP on DEAs from, from the, the FFA. FFA, FAA, yeah. The FCC so is what happens to... when uh, we cuss too much. I, I, I hate to like kind of disrupt the podcast that we have going here to, to do a little bit of like live commentary, but um, essentially, on TV. Are, are they are like what's going on in Plotch? Airport malls, airport malls, the eighties, the nineties, now. Um, no, did he just say that the terrorists have been using blanks for their ammunition? Yes, because... Well, when they fight each other. it's discovered that they're fighting each other. So the guys in the camouflage suit who used to be with Colonel Stewart's command are saying, like, he's gone against the system and we're going to capture him. So then yeah. they fight oh, and it's... So there's a double cross going and on. And squibs. Yeah, so there's a fucking double cross. Yeah. There's this uh, army nationalist uh, from... Spain or some shit, Esperanza. Fred Thompson. Here's the thing: is how it's easily just, can you sum up the plot to this movie? You can't. If you ask me to you sum can't. up the plot for Die Hard, I can do it. I can fucking do it. Well, the, like, it's not like I've watched Die Hard a ton. I'm usually drinking when I watch it, and usually don't drink, watch the whole thing. But I can tell you exactly what happens in that movie. Fake this fan. Movie, this movie I've seen multiple times, and I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I, right I've now. Just, I think I've probably seen this one more than the other ones, like out of some coincidence. It's I feel many, like I've seen this one a too lot. Many, that's that's LAX terminal. Too many LA, uh, too many balls juggling in the air. You, you got the yeah, that's, that's double side. You have the, the terrorist leader. Yeah. You have airport traffic. Well, you, you lose the whole drug guy, Captain totally. Twinkies guy. Yeah, that and, guy you lose totally. The, and and the whole thing, it's only the payoff is only for uh, you know. Yippee Mr. Falcon. Right, but the whole like drug. And even that is so weak. Because no one else can hear him say, 
saying yippee kaye, Mr. Falcon, to nobody does yeah. nothing. Yeah. But when you're on a radio talking to the guy that's trying to kill your wife and you say yippee kaye, Mr. Falcon, yeah. that means something. It's more meaningful. That, it's more meaningful. But when you say it to a plane about to blow up, it's yeah, just. It's it, like, why? It's, those why are deaf bother? ears. Those are yeah. deaf ears. Deaf on fire, Helen Keller ears. Yeah. <laughs> But like they're supposed. This is all supposed to be. Sorry to anybody who heard that and maybe got offended. No, no one got offended. They either didn't hear it or didn't get offended. Don't worry. But like the whole idea that there's like a drug dealing Escobar kind of a drug dealer. Which character. Riley pointed out that was actually based on a real thing that happened the year before this movie was made. Or yeah, there was some whatever. like political refugee, and that was like real fresh in the news. That was the big like. Oh my god, this movie script actually happened in real life. That plot kind of reminds me of this. It's all so familiar. uh, This other movie that I really love. Have you guys ever seen um, Toy Soldiers? Yeah, his name is Peck. Starring Sean Astin. It's about like the same kind of a plot, except they try to take over like a high school. It's like there's a drug. Wait, not with the the toys. No, no, that's. that's Toy Soldiers. No, that's Small Soldiers, directed by (laughs) Joe Dante. This one is Toy Soldiers. Is Toy Soldiers also with uh, Michael J. Fox? No. Which, I don't know which, what that which is. Which movie is Michael J. Fox and he's a soldier in Vietnam? Oh, I have that oh. one. Casualties, Casualties of War. Oh, yeah, Casualties that, of Holy War. shit. So what if That's an intense soldiers, fucking my movie. Brain, like fights to like. No, determine, but you like, should about small because if you saw Toy Soldiers, you would think about that movie. That's an excellent movie. I want to recommend that to. Both you guys right now, sincerely, and to our whole Is audience. Yeah, we'd like to recommend almost any other movie rather than watching this fucking movie. All right, yeah. so here's here's my order. Okay, first off, we're looking at Esperanza, the terrorist guy. That's for real the most interesting man in the world, right? Well, yeah. yeah. It's the younger version. That is the most interesting man in the world. Is that the same actor you're saying? Yeah. Is it really? I want to say that it is. I mean, I'm I'm looking up on IMDb right now, but that's definitely okay. it's the basically most it, the he world. looks just like him because he doesn't have enough lines in this movie for him to actually have taken away any major success. He yeah. looks except like a thinner, for a beer commercial thirty years later. Yeah, right. he looks like a thinner, less alcoholic version of Rip Torn. Right. All right. So what is? Well, I'm looking this up. Esperanza, Franco Nero. Oh shit! That's a. Uh, that's Django. That's the original Django. Oh. So if you watch Django Unchained in the uh, in the man, the fighting scene where all the 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 two black the guys, fighters. the Mandingo fighter scene, yeah. the first time when you meet Candy, and the one guy's Mandingo dies and he goes out to the bar and orders a drink, and he says, "My name's Django." The D is silent, and he and Franco Nero is the one that says, "I know," because he was the original Django. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the original Django. Now you had you had something funny that you said about Django earlier tonight. Can you repeat that, please? Uh, well, we were oh. just we were talking about Blazing Saddles. That was just uh, I was just issuing a statement that I feel like uh, Django Unchained is kind of like the dramatic telling of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> uh, well, did you did you honestly mean that like the very first time you saw Django Unchained, you thought it was just a dramatic version of Blazing there Saddles? There are a lot of correlations. There are a lot of similarities. <laughs> like. Even I was like the same thing. I'm like, this is like the plot of Blazing Saddles. Black guy with a gun. And, and nobody, nobody, nobody believes him. Surrounded by racists. You have his one white friend yeah. uh, that vouches for him, but he's very eccentric. It's, it's very <laughs> And then they get trapped in this like space. I don't know. It kind of loses itself. The, the analogy dies halfway yeah. through the movie. That would be genius but... to find out that Quentin Tarantino, when he wrote Django Unchained, was just like, 
He's like, yeah, I'll just take uh, okay. Blazing Saddles and all right. Uh, Here's a weird thing. So Franco Nero, I was looking up on IMDb to see if he was in. If he's in, there's no mention of him being the most interesting man in the world. However, uh, full of question marks is the upcoming movie Django Lives. Ooh. So he's going to be re. Uh, re-embracing the character of Django. Wow. Mm. So Esperanza in this movie, that's that's a worthy. Yeah. That's cool. I'm happy to see him play Django again. Yeah. In the original the original Django. I concept. doubt I'll see it, but I'm excited for him. Well, the original him. Django, he is a bounty hunter still. I didn't see but that But he, he puts the carcasses in a fucking coffin and then drags the coffin with a chain <laughs> around <laughs> western towns until he can like bring them like either from his back or from a horse. So it's very fucking kitschy. Um, oh boy crash positions where's the shot of the boobies coming across the screen in airplane oh yeah these guys are going down fast i feel like i feel like in that situation i would just go ahead and sit straight up i'm just like fuck yeah let's just embrace this shit leaning forward onto my knees is not going to save my life is that Emilio estevez as a helicopter pilot it might be Kiefer Sutherland as the camera guy, though. Uh, so wait, now, 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 uh, John McClane is hooked up with the news crew. They're flying in what what's clearly a no-fly zone. Well, his opening interaction with them was like, and uh, we're pretending that you, in the right? nation cap, the nation's capital. Oh my God, he's gonna land hey, on the wing. Hey, this is amazing. Hey, hey, look, Gremlins go on a wing. John McClane could smoke in an airport. Fuck it. This is the world that we're in. It's the eighties. <laughs> to quote John McClane in uh, in Die Hard One. California. I gotta imagine that people feel so completely differently about this movie post 9 11. Oh, yeah. You know, then well, prior to that. Die Hard 1, like the opening fucking shot, he's reaching up for his overhead bag and his, his service pistol is underneath his arm. And the guy's, yeah. and the guy's <laughs> like, starts getting panicked about the gun. <laughs> Relax. I'm a cop. I've <laughs> yeah. been one for 11 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like I got, a, I got a gun on board. No big deal. But this was back before like terrorists yeah. were guaranteed to be uh, Muslims. Like this is way before shoe bombs. This is this is when all terrorists were German. Well, like, ten European. years later, we still had an airplane terrorist in in uh, Air Force One, and yeah. he was Serbian. Mm-hmm. That was Gary Oldman. He was a Russian terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my plate. All right, so so let's do this. Fantasy filmmaker, which is something we love to do here on Sequelitis. Um, if you were making a Die Hard movie, um, you, you got Bruce Willis in his prime, and you have access to Reginald uh, Bill Johnson. Yeah. Um, all, all of, all of <laughs> nice the cast. Nice the ri- um, Wait, the original cast? Even Peck? Yeah, yeah. And just Holly, like, just like this movie. It's just like this movie. Years, it's within five years. You, you have every, you have everything. The only thing different is the script. So it's after Die Hard two, before <laughs> Die Hard three. What is your ideal Die Hard movie? Like, like, what is the setting? Like, like, just give us your your quick uh, elevator pitch of it. Huh. That's tough. I don't have one pre prepared. I know it wouldn't be this movie. I can say that for sure. I would say. You know what? I would do it at like a baseball game. Okay. Like the Nationals. Like I don't know enough about baseball to have the proper terminology, but you do it at the fucking penultimate national championship baseball game and everybody in the stadium is being held hostage. Mm-hmm. And John McClane is there with his, you know, his kids and he's fresh to LA so he's going to a Dodgers game. <laughs> and uh, his wife is hanging out in Pomona with Chappie. Because Chappie just retired. Maybe he calls into Chappie and Chappie can make an appearance by like Brian Cox or some shit. Um, oh, that guy just got losted. Um, 
<laughs> just got spit through a t- fucking turbine. Whoops. <laughs> when uh, fuel dump. Good thing that's there. Fuel dump. Yeah, um, I would put him. I would put him inside of. And then John McClane is like going to get hot dogs, right? <laughs> and he has this constant go back in between where he's like going back to the seat where his kid is is eating and his daughter is there, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe his wife is there too. Who knows or something, but. Um, and then he incorporates the help of, like, an unruly fan. Or his wife is there with, like, somebody else, and he's, like, spying on his wife. What if it's, like, an unruly fan that's, like, was starting some shit in the audience, and Bruce Willis is like, all right, come on, bub, like, I'm off the clock, but I need to, let's go, and then they just kind of get wrapped up in it together. Yeah. Um, And now they're partners, even though they don't really like each other. But they have to solve this by the end of the ninth inning. So that creates the ticking clock, Right. right? So now this has to be solved. Everyone's being held hostage. The game has to continue. Yeah. And only a select number of people know about it. Mm. And then it's like, I don't know, some... Yeah, I like that. So there's a terrorist plot going on in the audience. But what, what's... It's before the age of cell phones and the internet, so we're not stressed about that yeah. whole angle. But what's the whole... What's the, what's the heist about, right? All the ones are a good heist. Yeah. So is it all the money made from the game? Yeah. All the concession uh, yeah. stands? All the... Let's keep it simple. Let's say they're robbing the concession stands and the and the box office. So that's a shitload of money. Maybe it's like not only that, but also like a, a statement on, um, you know, dis- the distraction of sports in yeah. favor of, of America's favorite not committing time. to bettering our society mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. Like this, Rome ended when the games were at their highest popularity, yeah. right? That's a fantastic pitch in my opinion. I okay. love it. Love it. Mm. What about yours? I, I'm not going to have anything better. Oh, be cool. Come on. Come on. <laughs> There's no way. Die Hard, the last <laughs> inning. Oh! <laughs> I don't want to compete with that. Come uh, on. Don't make me compete John McClane's last stand. <laughs> no, I mean, just, just, just give us a pitch. Like, John like, McClane from the pitcher's nest. Like, obviously, you understand what, what the, the sort of tenets of, of having a Die Hard movie are. Well, what we know what we, works. One yeah. location, trapped right. in a box. Right. He's the only authority. Um, oh, that was it. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. All right, so this is him doing something I used to fantasize about as a kid. Which is you cause fuel to dump out of an airplane, then you light that trail of this fuel is why, just on fire. Think about yourself and right now. To this is what you fantasize about. Blowing no, when up I was planes. a kid. When I was a kid, I thought this is something that you could actually do. Yeah, recently you thought about this. Which there's no fucking way this would ever fucking work. <laughs> but all right. So so you you really don't have a pitch? Not you, not yet. Give okay. me. I, I was all I right. was I was sucked up into his pitch, which I, I got, was loving. I've got my pitch here. Um, the last inning. Die Hard, the last inning. I'm there. John McClane. I'm, I'm in it. Oh, and you and, can name it on the number. And Holly McClane. <laughs> Seventh inning. Sixth inning. And yeah. they're kids. They go on a cruise. Yes. Uh, that's where I was going to go they next. They go on a cruise. I was going to go like Bahamas and put them on a cruise ship. <laughs> now they did that in Under Siege, though. And Hans Gruber's brother. And Speed uh, 2. Yeah, no, but I'm saying no, no, these no. movies take place before that. <laughs> like, like this, takes, this movie would take place in between Die Hard 2 and Die Hard 3. So yeah. Die Hard 2 and a half is John McClane on a cruise ship. And I don't think I need to say more than that, because pretty much, like, oh, look at that. The fire, like, that that saved the other planes so they can land. Even though they should have already landed at other fucking airports in the D.C. Baltimore uh, area. Get over it. Movie sucks. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to see a movie that takes place cool. uh, inside of a movie theater. Even though there's not much, like, uh, there's not much money to take from inside of a movie theater. Go watch Donnie Darko. 
That happens in a movie theater. Which part? Uh, the part after he uh, kills people. Yeah, he leaves uh, his girlfriend in the movie theater. And she's and watching. She's back. watching fucking. No, Lady but I mean Hawk. like the whole movie, like the she's one. She's watching like... a double feature of Evil Dead Two. Oh and Lady yeah, 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 Hawk. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is is that the other? Oh. But no, but like the a one location kind of a movie where it's all in a movie theater. You want to you, you want to put John McClane in a movie theater? I didn't say all that. I said I've always wanted to see a movie. <laughs> no, I like your pitch no, 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 better. Make that, make that your pitch now. <laughs> Do, it's John McClane in a movie theater. Well, I mean, the only problem. Let's assume during a John McClane film festival. <laughs> yeah, he's he's there to see a Bruce Willis film festival during a Die Hard movie. Can we? Can, can, well, what would that one, uh, John McClane? Uh, it would be Die Hard at the movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I love that smoke spiral. Look at that shit. It could be called Matinee. <laughs> Die Hard Matinee. That's terrible. Die Hard extra popcorn. <laughs> Well, there's nothing to steal at a fucking movie theater, but if the, let's say there was if, a bunch wait, of money there. What if there. it could be the first musical title, first musical Die Hard title? Die Hard. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. And he, he has to fight. Let's all go to the lobby and get our asses shot. He has to fight from like theater to theater through all the henchmen. Wait, this is like really fucking dark, actually, because of the shit that's happened. Well, I guess those idiots didn't have a... Holy shit. Okay, so what if you actually fucking... All right, so fuck the terrorists, right? Well, yeah. That's okay. the idea. Um, no, okay, so make it real. Make it really fucking real. At a movie theater, John McClane, and there is a shooter. Oh, yeah, like a... Oh, yeah, an actual, yeah, yeah. like... Active shooter. Active shooter. Yeah. At a, at, a, at a motherfucking movie theater where it has oh, okay. happened. You're saving and, me right now. You're saving my pitch. And John McClane like is there, and he's like, no. Fuck this shit. Movies are protected. Yeah. And and now it's this thing, and he's trapped inside. And now there's a hostage situation, oh, and there's yeah. a live shooter it, in a movie theater. It's like the dark. And John McClane shooting. is just going. Yes. He's on vacation. He's out of town. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's Chappie's funeral. Uh, oh, Chappie's dead. Um, and maybe like he's there for Every his. Every time you say Chappie, I think of. That Chappie from the Neil Bloomkamp movie. Oh. I can't help it. He's a meme. <laughs> I just always love where Holly Gennaro was like, oh, Chappie's in town. Leans in and whispers, that's Chappie. <laughs> was that, where did that shooting take place? Colorado? Yeah, that was in Aurora, Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah Colorado. Um, so, was, was, yeah, so. Dark Knight uh, Rises. Rises, yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's like that shooting, but imagine if John Look, McClane was there to save everybody. Before everybody gets pissed off, I will say that I consider uh, uh, movie theaters to be uh, my church. Yes. And so, like, it just, it hurts when I yeah. see that people are going to this place to escape the world. Yeah. And to envelop themselves in some new story some new story to yeah. think outside the box and to feel something from someone else's yeah. perspective like that's what more and to people let go need of these your days. life escapism yes please yeah. just here well, and there that's the beauty of movies is but they can they can be about anything right, that's what choose. i'm about it's it's a study of the human experience but sort of have someone literally existence. come in and attack that experience is like yeah. it's not it's just it's and such a bad movie too dark knight 3 wow what such a bad movie that third Dark Knight. What? What are you talking about? The third Dark Knight. The third Nolan. Which Batman one was the movie. bad one? What are you? No, the third one was the bad one. Well, you also think the what second are you one was talking the bad one, about the one with Bane in it. Where he's like, you now have my permission to die. They're they are masterpieces. <laughs> they are fucking phenomenal. 
the get the fuck out of here, man. But that's the you bad one. Hey, so Riley, Riley, is, John McClane in a movie you. theater. John McClane in a movie theater he's saves everybody. He's he's it could be any movie. Could be any movie. But What's now the worst have, movie to die in the movie theater watching? Grease. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Grease two. Uh, the, Electric Boogaloo, the the latest uh, Three Stooges movies. That's a pretty one. To, that's a pretty bad movie to to die in. Um, God, what's another one? There's, there's got to be. What is it? Um, what was that one movie with? Uh, with um, the guy who married uh, Roseanne Barr. John Goodman. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. The Stupids. What was that? The Stupids. Oh my God. Imagine just watching The Stupids. Can we just write a movie about John Goodman and Tom Arnold? It's a buddy comedy. And, yes. they, and, they, and they talk about their experiences of being married to Roseanne. Yeah, one for real, one on TV. That's genius. Oh, they were both married to her. A Rennie Harlan film. That's who directs it, Rennie Harlan. And then okay. Rennie Harlan right, so here's, here's my count for best and he brings worst. back uh, uh, Gina um, Davis. Yeah, yeah, Gina Davis. Here's, yeah. My, here's my count for, for Die Hard movies, best to worst in order. Go ahead. Okay, go for so it. So Die Hard 1. Best. Uh, best. Untouchable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The standard. Sure. Uh, Die Hard 3. Yeah, I'm there they, too. They saved it. They saved it. Yeah. Die Hard 4. They continued it because now we're dealing with like hackers and cell phones yeah. and they moved into technology. the modern era. They did it and they did it yeah. really well and it's very classy. Yeah. Then if I have to, like those are the only three. If yeah. I'm doing a Die Hard marathon, I'm watching those three and that's it. Yeah. That's my cutoff point. Yeah. But then I'm gonna watch because uh, his shit on the side of the jet is a little over the top, but I'll still take <laughs> it. Although I am a big fan of when he shoots the guy through his own shoulder, <laughs> and then I think he does the same thing to. I think was that he shoots himself in his own throat, or Justin Long shoots somebody through his own shoulder. No, the, yeah, no. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah, but then, but then Die Hard Two, if I have to include it, and then fucking Die Hard Five, which if they make another Die Hard, that will be Die Hard Five because yeah. I don't, I don't want to count. <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to even watch that Die Hard Five. It just looked awful. It's like I said, we, my buddy name and I, wonder crusted it the whole way through the movie. We even paid for that shit. Oh, Hollywood, Hollywood has just got to get to a point to where, like, what, much like what they did with Die Hard 5 and other Die Hard movies, they just take a script and they're like, oh, we'll make this a Die Hard movie. There we go. <laughs> that's what that's what first Die Hard was. Otherwise, you got to throw the script in the trash that's exactly paid, uh, paid a writer for nothing. Well, that's the theme of Die Hard. That's what the first yeah. Die Hard was. It was a throwaway script that nobody wanted to do. And then John McTiernan's like, fuck it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. How about yeah. SportsCenter? He's too expensive? Cool. Then I'll pick the cast. And then he goes and gets the two that works really well. Yeah, and it's just one of those magical things that came together. And like, I, I think I think it helps it so much that it's a movie that's set during Christmas, even though it's not actually a Christmas movie. It has yeah. since become a Christmas movie, like you so perfectly said earlier, a Christmas movie for people that fucking hate Christmas. Yeah. My dad and I had this running gag of like, it's the perfect Christmas movie. And then I moved to L.A. and met everyone else that also agrees that it is the perfect Christmas movie. Um, and then we watched, like, Lethal Weapon for Christmas that same year. And it opens up in a Christmas tree, f- like, field. And so, like, every time in my mom the whole time, it's like, this is not a Christmas movie. Can we please change something with less blood? And then there's, like, Christmas in the background. And so every time the shit comes on, I'm like, look, it's a Christmas movie. Well, luckily, like, people in Hollywood have caught on to that. Because now we have movies like... Well, Joel um, Silver keeps doing this Santa. thing where he... He puts in Christmas violence around Christmas movies. Did ba- Joel Silver do Bad Santa? 
because he also did Joel Silver also produced Kiss Kiss There's Bang Bang, Ra- which Ranger takes games. place during Christmas. Well, that was Shane Black who wrote Light the Weapon, Monster Squad, and and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Kiss Kiss Bang God, yeah Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is so good. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, that's a fun movie. And to then watch. I was reading some of the trivia and on this one. Did this movie Kiss has Goodnight, this movie Christmas. has the other uh, Die Hard Two has the other uh, Die Hard and Terminator crossover. So this has Robert Patrick as mm-hmm. one of the henchmen, mm-hmm. and he's the T-1000 yeah. in Judgment Day. And then in, uh, fuck, in Die Hard... Oh, shit. He's in one of the Terminator movies. I just had it. Was it Jai Courtney? Was it Co- was Jai it Courtney. Courtney. Jai Courtney plays, uh, uh, not John Connor, but he plays Kyle Reese. Yeah. In Terminator Salvation. Salvation. Yeah, the worst. No, 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 no. He plays Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis. The one with Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Oh, right, right, right. One. Anton Yelchin. No. The one with no. Terminator no, Salvation. he's right, he's right. Terminator the Salvation Genesis one is Terminator John. Salvation. That's Anton Yelchin. Jai Courtney no, is Jai Courtney's Moonblood. Not. No, Jai Courtney's and not John Connor. No. Anton yeah, Yelchin. Hottie McMoonblood. She is in Terminator Salvation along with Anton Which one's Yelchin Jack Courtney? and Bryce Dallas Howard. Who knows where yeah. he is now? Worthington. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah, Die Hard 2 sucks so bad that we ended up talking about uh, Star Wars. Well, hey, so, somebody's, somebody's got to say this. It's going to be me. We're signing off here. Sequelitis. This is Matt. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Oh, sorry. We should save that at the end. You can cut this, right? This yeah. is Riley. <laughs> And uh, this is Manny here. All right, we're going to call it a night. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening to Sequelitis. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon.